with Jason Edgar. I am your host for the next hour. Decided to be joining you live this Thursday, March 12th, 2020. Oops All Broadcast is brought to you live every Thursday at 99.1 FM WZQC. The Q! The Q is our code, actually, at Nationals this past week. <clears throat> Follow or direct message me on Twitter or Instagram at the Jedger, T-H-E-J-E-D-G-A-R. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsawtopics.podbean.com. And finally, subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. And also, the views and opinions of this show are not the views of Morton College or Morton College Radio. In case, I don't know, they like the coronavirus or not. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, my. I mean, have you ever seen a news story that has just grappled, like, just every aspect of society politics sports religion you name it education it is all affected by the coronavirus uh but before we get to that let's go to some errors and omissions and i had a lot i guess talking about donald trump's persuasive fallacies and logic and reasoning i had my own issues with logic and reasoning and the first one i wanted to talk about was just simply um Something that I was just kind of I threw I threw uh, I threw a number out there that said El Salvador had a pretty decent uh, murder rate, one of the biggest in the country, and so I just wanted to read you an article from it looks like France24.com. Uh, El Salvador posts highest rate of women murdered in, in Latin America. It's earned a grim distinction. It is the country with the highest rate of femicide in Latin America and the Caribbean in 2017 and since then, uh, with more than 10 killings for every 100,000 women. Across the region, at least 2,795 women ages 15 and older were murdered last year due to their gender, the UN Economic Commission for Latin America and the Caribbean said Thursday. In absolute terms, Brazil had the most murders of women with 1133, but given El Salvador's much smaller population, its rate easily outpaced that seen in other countries. So basically, what I was talking about was these individuals that are coming up from the migrant caravan in 2018, I mean, they weren't, you know... ISIS members, they're not MS-13 gang members, they're, like, some of them are just women trying to escape a country where, you know, they're murdered at a, at an extremely high rate, especially in Latin America, alright, then, um, I messed up on the communication theory of whenever there's, like, a direct media effect, and it's actually quite funny, because we're seeing a lot of hypodermic needle theory right now, and that's what it's called, it's called a hypodermic needle theory, and uh, the reason I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that or I had some litho logica uh, about it 
is because it is a communication theory. This should be right in my wheelhouse. But anyways, the hypodermic needle theory, also known as the magic bullet theory, was promulgated by Harold Laswell in the 1920s. It was written in the book Propaganda Technique in the World War. The theory is a linear model of communication and talks about media's power on audience. The message in this theory is said to be like a magic bullet which enters the minds of audiences and injects a particular message. The theory explains how media controls what the audience views and listens to and the effects which can be immediate or later in the future. So what would be an example? Okay, let's just say on Wednesday night, Donald Trump comes out and gives a very strange address about the coronavirus. The very next day, the stock market plunges. That's not a hypothetical. That actually happened, and it's an example of the hypothermic needle theory. Donald Trump comes on the radio, I'm sorry, on television and says, um, it's actually uh, Europe's fault and we're not going to fly there anymore. And then the next day, the stock market plunges because it's like Donald Trump doesn't know what he's talking about. We're not going to the Corona Corner right now, but there, Corona Corner has its own errors and omissions section. And I want to say to Corona Corner on Oops All Topics, happy birthday! Corona Corner on Oops All Topics is celebrating its month anniversary, which tells me, folks, that me and you have been on this story for the past month. In fact, Corona Corner was the segment that replaced Oops Impeachment, and you know how much I love Oops Impeachment. But anyways, on the very first Corona Corner about a month ago, I remember saying it was bigger than SARS, that it was very tough to contain. Remember me talking about it being in your pipes? Um, I remember talking about how there were 15 cases in the U.S. And now there's, uh, I'm sorry, and with two deaths. I'm sorry, two specifically in Chicago. Both those numbers and went up. And then I also remember saying, or I, I, I mean, I, I re-listened to the show. Um, it, I was talking about, hey, did you hear about this cruise ship that might have the coronavirus? And now we've had two since then. And the only thing I can think about is what is happening on Facebook right now. Like, I, took, I chose such a weird time to deactivate from Facebook because I'm just remotely curious on what everyone's talking about. I asked Jess, is there a lot of misinformation out there? And she's like, no, there's just a lot of memes about buying toilet paper in large amounts. So... The first mention of on this show was January 23rd, and every week since January 23rd, we have talked about the coronavirus, and it is just, it, is, it took a fever pitch today, no pun intended. I've messed up, or this week, I've messed up this name before uh, on this show probably multiple times, but I want to talk about Jim Clyburn. He is the South Carolina uh, person of color, um... Democrat that threw his endorsement behind Joe Biden, and I'm I'm going ahead and saying it right here. This is one of the biggest endorsements in U.S. politics history. Because what happened is Jim Clyburn comes out, and, and remember, uh, like Joe Biden was like in fourth place. Like just uh, like if he wouldn't have won South Carolina, he would have packed up his bags and left. But Jim Clyburn, Clyburn comes on. And he says, hey, I endorse, I endorse Joe Biden, and you should vote for him inside the South Carolina primary. Then the South Carolina primary comes around, and Joe Biden wins it handily like he thought he would, was going to. And then that propels him to, like, a huge victory on Super Tuesday. And now that he's the prohibitive frontrunner, he also wins a lot of the, major, or the majority of the states on the, super, on the second Super Tuesday. Which, I mean, I think Joe Biden has, like, a 99% chance to win the Democratic nomination right now. And before the Jim Clyburn nom uh, uh, endorsement, he was like in fourth place. So talk about one of the biggest endorsements. Maybe I should have that name. And then finally, my watch list. Uh, since we were at a big debate tournament over the weekend, uh, my, my debate team sat me down and was like, you need to watch this um, 
you need to watch this show called Don't F with Cats. <laughs> That's literally what the name of it is, and it's on it's on the inter- it's on uh, Netflix. And the reason I didn't watch this show at first, even though I, I, my students made me watch it, is because I, I can't watch any like cat torture videos. Um, and this 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 show kind of references it, and it most certainly shows the cats alive before they die. They, I don't think it shows the moment that, that they actually die or the, or how when the when the dude actually murders them, but it's there. Like it happens, and the reason I don't even know if they did it or not is because I was I was shutting my eyes. I can't do it. I can't do it with dogs or cats either, and especially puppies and kittens. I could probably watch a show with somebody getting murdered. I mean, I've watched Dexter pretty much four or five times in a row, or, like, all the seasons together. But there's just something visceral about, especially cats, where I have cats of my own. And he also he also kills uh, one of, a, like, a tortoiseshell cat and, I, and a tortoiseshell kitten. And I actually have a tortoiseshell cat, and it's the sweetest cat ever. And I just, I don't know, I hate that guy. But the documentary is really good because it shows how it has like a lot of like internet tech to kind of like move the plot along there's a lot of like cursor clicking on something and a lot of like facebook notifications to kind of move the story along um really good documentary way better than mcmillian i'm i'm like just telling jess like i cannot wait to finish this documentary this mcmillian's documentary don't watch it it's so boring i'd rather get coronavirus and watch it again I'm also watching Better Call Saul. I mean, it is just so good. Even this 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 week's episode was kind of like a, one of those episodes where they're just like place setting for uh, for other episodes. But it is just so fantastic. It's I he is completely Saul Goodman right now. There's very little Jimmy McGill, and they're setting up to where he is going to have to go up against his girlfriend in a case. And I really think that the show is catching up to. Uh, introducing Walt and Jesse into the storyline because they interact with Crazy Eight, who over the past two weeks has been an integral part of the Better Call Saul plot. If you don't know anything about Breaking Bad, all this stuff is just going in one ear and out the other. I can't say anything about The Walking Dead because I haven't watched it yet this week. It has just been an onslaught of. Well, I mean, I was traveling Monday, I worked all day Tuesday, and Wednesday, I mean, I was pretty much taking care of Frankie all day. Um, I'm also watching this Lego Master show on TV, but honestly, I'm just kind of watching it with one eye open. Uh, it's just a bunch of adults uh, uh, building Legos, and whoever does the best job gets to win a prize. It, it, but really, it's it's just it's just adults playing with Legos. So, anyways, if you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. Uh, follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com. And be sure to subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. Also, Korg. That was the name of the Thor uh, the Thor character that I did not know uh, what his name was. And he is really funny in, the, in these, in these uh, Thor movies. I think he's going to be in Thor Love and Thunder. And he's essentially going to be a member of like the Thor crew until I guess they stop making these movies. But Korg is his name. And he's really, really funny. He looks like a big old talking rock. He looks like the thing from Fantastic Four. All right. We all know we have to do it. Let's do it right now. Let's go to the Corona Corner. And happy birthday, Corona Corner. As mentioned, we've been doing this for a week. We have been on top of this story. Oops, all topics. We should get a freaking Peabody Award for how much journalism we've been doing on Corona Corner. And I just have a ton of notes. Um... The corona, the coronavirus is now in 114 countries, which has led the Center for Disease Control 
to name it a pandemic, and this should not be any uh, new news. Like this happened yesterday, and uh, the proverbial uh, pants were crapped. Uh, thankfully, everybody was wearing brown pants yesterday. Um, but what really struck me, and I think it's going to be even our show title, is just what a pandemic is called. It's called a global spread of a new and potentially killer disease. How horrifying. And the thing about this global spread of a new disease is that it affects us all. That's what's really crazy about this thing. It affects me. It affects you. It affects your brother. It affects your mother. Like, when there's like a California, when there's a California fire, you're like, oh my God, let's take care of California. But we're in Illinois or wherever you're, you know, Aaron's in Tulsa, Joseph McGee's wherever he's at, uh, Joiners in Northwest Arkansas. So we don't care about those California fires. What we care, we want to make sure our friends are safe. Or what about like a, a hurricane that hits Florida? Like I've only been to Florida once. Like I know some people there and I hope they escape. But, and even a tornado, the tornado hit Nashville. Super sad that it hit Nashville, but I wasn't in Nashville, so I didn't see it. But a global pandemic can literally affect every country and every person. So it is, wow, like this is a huge news story. Um, I thought Monday was crazy. Like what happened Monday? Like the stock market had to be stopped because it was tanking so bad. And then Saudi Arabia and, and Russia decide now is a great time to have a oil war so keep and there's another thing uh, keep looking at your gas prices i think i'm going to have a gas a gas ticker on my show every week and i'm going to say how, how cheap gas was because it's going to go down a little bit and then i think it's going to go up really really high even like jimmy carter-esque high because we still don't have our own dependence on oil we still depend on some foreign substances foreign oil like saudi arabia and stuff and if they go if they strike and and we don't get their oil anymore. We have to depend on our small companies who are being bankrupt by Russia right now. It's gonna be. It's gonna create some extremely hard times. But for right now, gas is cheap. Um. Let's see. Some uh, some other news. Uh, the uh, we're gonna have. We're gonna be. Uh, there's already a shortage on respirators. Uh, those are the masks that everybody wears and. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this a number of times, but sure, it does help you to make sure that you're not breathing on anybody else. But ultimately, those masks are to make sure that you're not constantly touching your face. Like I'm telling my, my students, like how they should be more hygienic, even though I'm passing out their quiz and licking my fingers as soon as I do it. But anyways, the global N95 mask shortages are being made worse by anxious civilians hoarding medical supplies. This is, again, hypodermic needle theory. As soon as you it's, – it's so funny that that's like the, the theory that I messed up on last week because it displays exactly what's going on right now. Everyone hears that we're in a global pandemic, and what do they do? They go out and get 5,000 respirator masks. Well, you know what? The medical community needs those. The doctors and the nurses that are actually taking care of coronavirus people, they need those. So take those masks, self-quarantine yourself, and give them to the hospital. Hospitals around the United States are preparing to treat an influx of patients with the highly infectious new coronavirus, and many health care providers are already beginning to run short on crucial respiratory masks, the New York Times reported yesterday, March 9th. Several hospitals the Times spoke to said they have little more than a month's supply of respirator masks left, and that restocking the crucial masks have proven difficult as global cases of the new coronavirus, also called SARS-CoV-2, continue to climb daily. 
So, and we need to have these masks because people in Italy are already telling us it's coming for you, United States. You're not going to have enough beds, and you're not going to have enough respirators, and it's going to be hell on earth. And you know why we know it's hell on earth? Because they completely shut down Italy. This isn't like a containment zone like New Rochelle. It's like the country of Italy. You know, that one that looks like a boot, that looks like it's kicking Sicily. That whole country just shut down. And the reason they have to is because of this huge spread of the coronavirus. Speaking of New Rochelle, uh, this is a suburb of New York. And it's kind of like our ground zero here in America. Although I've heard some rumblings that Seattle is pretty bad too, but I haven't really kept my eye on that. I'm more of a New Rochelle guy. We're all going to have our favorite containment zones over the over the next few weeks. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to read an article here for you. People inside America's first coronavirus containment zone are confused and angry. Uh, Brian Miller had worked at the Walmart in the neighborhood town of White Plains until the store closed in 2018. Since then, the 20-year-old has bounced from gig to gig filling out more job applications than he can remember, hoping for a long-term position. Okay, why are we reading this article? Uh, let's see here. On Tuesday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo designated the one-mile radius around the synagogue as a containment zone in which schools, house of worship, and other public spaces are shut down and large gatherings banned. The first such designation in any city in the U.S., Cuomo announced the National Guard troops would arrive on Thursday to disinfect common areas within the zone and deliver food to quarantine residents and kids home from school. So this is kind of like a... A, uh, a personal piece where they talked about the guy out front and then they, they got to the actual news story near the, near, near the middle here. But yes, New Rochelle is in a containment zone. And the first time, the first thing I heard of or thought of whenever I heard that story was zombies. Like, have you seen Fear the Walking Dead whenever the zombie apocalypse starts? They have to have containment zones. You're sick, you're over here. You're healthy, you're over here. And you don't interact. Wow. I've been saying it. I've been saying it for the past month. This is how a zombie apocalypse starts. Someone has a bat sandwich, and suddenly the whole the whole world has coronavirus, and the whole world has pan- is, is in the middle of a pandemic. Anything else I want to say from this article? While officials have declared that no new Rochelle students at the closed schools have tested positive for the virus, they have been less clear in communicating that most students haven't been tested at all. Three students who attend the closed high school told BuzzFeed News. This week, New York's public health department stopped disclosing how many state residents are being tested for the virus amid a nationwide crisis over low testing rates that's also plagued the state. So that's not very good news. I mean, if we're going to have like this pandemic, we need to have some way to, to test ourselves, right? Well, the United States is woefully unprepared for the testing. You know who can't even get a test himself right now? Donald Trump, the president. And so you know when the president doesn't even need to get a, uh, can't even get a test. You know it's a, it's in very short supply. And should the president get a get a uh, get a coronavirus test? Absolutely. He has interacted with so many Republicans that have been already self quarantined, and it says here that he talked to or spoke to some sort of Brazilian official who has been tested for the coronavirus. So Trump himself has been canoodling with individuals that have had coronavirus or have been on a plane with individuals with coronavirus or at least need to be self-quarantined. And man, if he gets it, he is one of the two things that you cannot be, old 
and sickly and or sickly. But he's not sickly, but he certainly is old, and I don't think he has the best diet. You know, and honestly, neither do Biden and Bernie either, but they're canceling their their uh, rallies, and I don't think Donald Trump is. He's kind of like owning the libs by continuing to, like, shake hands and things like that. But ultimately, what's going to happen? You're going to get coronavirus. Like, you're going to get coronavirus just to own the libs? That kind of sounds a little silly. Let's check in on the stock market, shall we? I think I have a sounder for the stock market. Are you ready? Oh, did you really just... Um, you do that again. <laughs> you may have heard that during the song. Uh, but anyways, yeah, stock market, not doing great. No, let's just type in stock market into Google and just see what the first uh, story that pops up. Uh, Wall Street's roller coaster week. Uh, Dow plunges 2,300 points. Stocks in meltdown as panic selling continues. Uh, let's see here. The stock market has suffered a relentless, breathtaking drop, moving deeper into bear territory. Stocks fell so fast Thursday morning that it triggered a 15-minute halt in trading for the second time this week. Do so you remember how I told you on Monday we had to stop? We had to stop uh, uh, trading because of the coronavirus. We had to do it on Thursday. Two days in like in a week, we had to just stop trading because it was like tanking so bad. Uh, some people have said it's been the it's been the worst it's been the worst uh, economy day since like 2008. And when you know that, it's like the economic recession. There was a day called like Black Monday back in 1987. They're saying it's worse than that, and this is all coupled with a pandemic. It's like a double shot to the gut where it's like, oh yeah, you want a pandemic? Boom! And also here you go. Here, how about a terrible economy? Bam! The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 23.52 points, or nearly 10%, the biggest one-day drop since 1987. Uh, I that day was a really weird day. The S&P 500 and the NASDAQ reached down by more than 9%. Those indexes are now down at least 27% from record highs set just last month. The Dow is now down nearly, nearly 8,400 points from its peak on February 12th. So remember when none of this was going on and, and we were all bragging about having a, an amazing economy and it's just pumping and pumping and pumping and there's no way Trump's going to you know, lose election because the economy's so great. All of it's just gone. Like everything. We, we have, there's been no money made in 2020. And if it keeps going the way it's going, Trump himself will cannot claim any like bonus money since 2016. This thing is wiping out. All profits from 2020, 2019, 2018. Just look at the news. It is a complete free-for-all. They've stopped it twice in a week. When was the last time they've ever done that? The market tumble came after President Trump announced a 30-day travel ban on visitors from European countries, not including the United Kingdom, to the United States. So talk about just a you know kick to the nuts himself. Like, he, he could not think that that was going to have a good effect on the economy, and it didn't. As soon as he said it, Twitter had a meltdown, and then as soon as the market opened the next day, boom! Do I need to play the buzzer once again? The bull market is just ended, which apparently, I don't know a lot about the stock market, but I can only assume that means it's the good stock market. Now we're in bear territory. We're not even in correction. We went from awesome awesome market to terrible market in between the past two radio shows we've had and in between we were in the correction phase where oh, it's gone now let's talk about my mother-in-law's favorite country Italy Italy deepens lockdown as COVID-19 spreads 
in Milan. Normally packed tourist sites, shops, and restaurants stood deserted across Italy on Thursday, a day after authorities drastically tightened a nationwide lockdown in a bid to curb the spread of coronavirus. Milan, the country's financial capital, was a ghost town as residents woke up to an order to close all shops except supermarkets, food stores, and pharmacies. In a city center, normally bustling with shoppers, a handful of people mingled at a street market that had just one stand open. In the university area of the city, almost all shops were closed, and people, most wearing masks, lined up to get into a drugstore. So it just, it's just desolate. I'm looking at a picture of Milan here. I mean, it just it looks like the beginning of Vanilla Sky, if you've ever seen that movie. Just complete and desolate ghost town. And honestly, this is what our colleges are going to look like. Wheaton College has already said we're going strictly online. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like in the works right now, but I, I would just... I can imagine that Morton is going to get to a point where it's going to be like online classes only. And I'm so happy that my job, I'm really fortunate, I'm really, really privileged that I have a job that in the event of a freaking pandemic, I can just say, oh, my job's online now. And that's like what my bosses say. It's like you have to teach online now because it's we're not going to have any face-to-face classes because there's a pandemic. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's fine by me. And I had, like, this thing in the back of my mind. is like, okay, if we go completely online, that means I'm going to be working from home for the next eight weeks. That's awesome. <laughs> well, because it's like I get to self-quarantine. Like, it, it's, it's, it's my job to teach online. And so I'm going to be at a computer at home just doing my job, and the paychecks are going to keep coming in. And that's the reason why I'm so privileged. Because just wait till we get to the sporting news where sports are just ending. Like, that's never happened. The only time sports ever ends is whenever there's, like, a strike, and that does hurt individuals. But these vendors, but these, you know, journalists, these ball boys, like anybody that their job is to help out at a basketball game, they just don't get that money anymore. Really sad. Um, just a couple quick notes about Italy. Um, a farm, pharmacies, banks, supermarkets, they can be open. Um, they are upwards of 10,000 people uh, are infected. Um, and they're offering like warnings to America. I saw even something on Google where it's like, we're running out of um, beds in Italy. We're running out of like respirators in Italy. And they're like, United States, this is coming for you, and you need to be ready for it. Are we ready for it? No, we're not. Um, in fact, I read an article that said we should anticipate a shortage of medical equipment. Oh, good! During a pandemic, uh, hospitals face worries of supply, staff shortages as coronavirus cases tick up. Hospitals are racing to prepare as top U.S. health officials warn the spread of the coronavirus will only ramp up in coming days. That includes checking supplies of personal protective equipment as the FDA this week took steps to free up the supply chain. The American Hospital Association is asking Congress for an additional $1 billion on top of $2.5 billion sought by the Trump administration to swiftly provide supplemental emergency funding directly and, specifically, directly and specifically to support the urgent preparedness and response needs of hospitals, health systems, physicians, and nurses on the front lines of this outbreak. One of the biggest health system group purchasing organizations said it is getting barraged with calls from its members to get updates on clinical guidelines and potential supply chain interruptions. So are we ready for this coronavirus to go, like, na- nationwide and have huge numbers? Uh, no, we're not. Uh, it's not. It doesn't look like we're going to have enough hospital beds, respirators, or even staff. 
Like, if you do any research and debate, one of the things you can do in any medical, like, topic is just talk about the imminent nursing shortage. Like, that's the reason why all of these community colleges, they are built on the backs of these huge nursing programs. And even now, we don't have enough nurses. What are they going to do? Deputize all the Morton College nursing students? I mean, that'd be awesome and all. I mean, I guess we have some beds up in the Morton, up, up on, on the third floor where we have our nursing department. But as a country, we are simply not ready for this. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but for Pete's sakes. Uh, it's been a while. Let's, uh, let's do a call real quick. Uh, once again, you're listening to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. Uh, broadcast to you live every Thursday on 99.1 WZQC, the Q quarantine. And don't forget the Oops All Replay, Tuesdays at 4 especially next week whenever we're on spring break. I mean, has there ever been a better time to have a spring break in the middle of, a, of, of an upcoming pandemic? Like, I know the Morton College representatives are like, let's just get through these next couple of days, and then we'll all go on spring break, we'll clean the crap out of our school, and then we might switch to online whenever they come back. I was already looking forward to spring break just because I am so tired of work. Like, there was a time there where I worked from Pulaski Day to, like, it was, like, yesterday, like, nine days in a row. And woe is me having a job. Folks, I'm not done with Corona Corner. <laughs> what are we going on? Uh, 30 minutes of the show, and we've done errors and omissions and Corona Corner. Let's check in with the director of the Center for Diseases Control of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. What's he got to say? It's going to get worse. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> it's going to get worse. Your global spread of a new infectious disease is going to get worse, so strap in. And you know how I know it's going to get worse? Because Tom Hanks has it, and Rita Wilson has it. Oh, no. What does the internet say about Tom Hanks? Adding it. He got sick in Australia where coronavirus testing is such a has isn't such a hassle. So he was even in a place where they were testing just fine and he still got it. Like folks, the testing in America is going to be the big issue. We just do not have enough uh, enough tests. Okay. Um, the Tom Hanks thing was kind of like that hour last night where all hell broke loose. Like in a, in a span of like 15 minutes, President Trump said we're going to stop flying to the European Union. Uh, Sarah Palin was announced as uh, one of the mass singers after she just got singing Baby Got Back. And uh, the NBA canceled their season. And like I did some research this morning on this whole coronavirus thing as far as like how it's, uh, how it's, uh, it's hurting sports. Um, and it's it's changed even then. Let's just go down all the sports. Basketball, completely suspended, completely canceled. There's going to be no more NBA basketball in, for a while, and there might not even be NBA finals this year. They were thinking about doing empty arenas, but then this Utah Jazz player popped positive for coronavirus, and now they're like, nope, we can't. We're, just, we're, we're done. The NCAA tournament. They said they were going to do games with no fans. Not anymore. That's right. You're not going to be able to make your brackets this year. Has that ever happened? I remember making brackets even when I was a little baby. I was four months old and I made a bracket in 1982. And this is the first year I've never made a bracket. It's unbelievable. And it's because of a little teeny tiny coronavirus. Just no NCAA tournament. Unbelievable. Um, what's another sport? Um, hockey completely suspended, right? Like this is 
there's so much news. You probably even even know that the National Hockey League is, is suspended is, is suspending their sport, right? Like, and why wouldn't they? Like, at the moment you get cut with a, a skate, you might be bleeding coronavirus on people, and they're also a large gathering as well. And Major League Baseball has pushed their opening day two weeks, so every single sport that plays right now is not playing. And the next sport that comes up is like Major League Baseball, and they're not playing for two weeks. So what are they going to talk about on Sports Center? What are they going to talk about on all my favorite sports podcasts? The only thing anybody's talking about is coronavirus. But this is so strange, folks. Every day in America, there is like one, maybe two sports playing, right? If it's not baseball, it's football. If it's not football, it's basketball. And usually hockey somewhere thrown in there. And then we have tennis and, and golf tournaments, too. None of those things are happening. Like, and, and was this even the case, like, last week? We weren't talking about canceling all these things. The only thing I talked about last week was they canceled the International Forensics Association tournament, but that's because it was in Tokyo, where Japan was having an issue, and we're just, we're not wanting to travel very much at all. And not that you care about, like, uh, college debate tournaments, but just pick a national tournament, and it's been canceled. Um, this this one called PCFDL, it's Brian Swafford made it, so I don't really know a lot about it. I don't think it's very legitimate. Um, the national speech competition has been canceled. AFA's national individual events tournament has been canceled. Pi Kappa Delta has been canceled. Just imagine the biggest and best and brightest public speaking students in the country. They can't do their speech and debate events this this year. And if you're a senior, you're done. You're just done. If you qualified for AFA, you worked your heart out in 2019 and 2020. Sorry, coronavirus wins. He won every event this year. I wrote to my student, and we had to cancel our regionals. Like, my, my, oops all, my oopsie listeners know that I, I'm hosting a tournament on April, April 18th. No, I'm not. Morton College just sent out an email saying, uh, I can't, I, we, we, we can't host any large gatherings. And even though my tournament might consider, consist of a medium gathering, think about a debate tournament. There's, like, people passing out water. We're passing ballots to each other back and forth. We're shaking hands. We're kissing babies. Like, it's just best to just cancel. Now, is all of this kind of like an over, like an over, what would you call that? Like, I don't want to, I'm having some lipo logica here, but uh, it's not over exaggeration, but maybe uh, too much of a full measure. I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn because it's like this is a public health crisis, and we've never seen a pandemic before. And I think a lot of these schools, like Wheaton College, and probably inevitably Morton, and I know SDSU went totally online, and all these basketball and all these sports sports balls that are that are that are canceling. It's just better safe than sorry. We don't want to have happen what happened in Italy, in Iran, in South Korea, and most certainly, like um, like China. So last week it was canceled in Tokyo, and now they're canceled in the United States. And I even told my students, you know how lucky you are that you were able to go to a national tournament this year because we just got back from nationals. Hopefully they're all uh, they're all healthy and, and okay. But I, I told them, I was like, you guys are so lucky that you got to have a national tournament because there's so many other students that are out there in the country that are just they're just being completely denied. Uh, one tournament, I think it's the national speech competition, has been moved to late May. That's not going to work. It, it's not going to be nearly as competitive as it would have been whenever it was scheduled. Let's look at some other countries. Uh, South Korea has slowed down, and South Korea is the model for success. And I even tweeted about this. 
South Korea shows you need two things to solve this coronavirus. You need self-quarantining, and you need testing. So what does America have? Well, we're good at self-quarantining because we're all a bunch of introverts, but testing? Oops. Woefully unprepared. And it's just big old shrug emoji from Trump, even though he was, like, out playing golf one day. Like, the testing should be the number one priority, and it just isn't. And they're, they're, they're giving a lot of misinformation about the testing. Like, you probably heard that Trump said anybody can get it, who wants a test can get a test. That's just not accurate. It's not going to be accurate for at least another a couple of weeks. And since we can't test individuals, we don't know who has it. We don't know the numbers. And so for woefully unqualified. And this is one of the reasons why the World Health Organization even called it a pandemic because the the individuals that are responsible for containing the coronavirus are woefully unprepared, like the United States. The World Health Organization is looking at us and saying, wow, you're going to have this game show host president who doesn't know his butt from a hole in the ground saying that you have testing and you clearly don't. Pretty sure there's going to be a pandemic in the United States. The European Union is not doing great. Like, obviously, you have Italy. Um, Germany said that at least 70% of the individuals might have coronavirus in their country. And one of the reasons that the European Union is just not doing really great is because they don't talk to each other like the United States does. Right? The United States, we all come together, and we have a federal government. They don't have that in the European Union, and they should. You know, France should act like Alabama, and Italy should act like Mississippi, and they should all talk to each other like they do in the United States, but they just don't. And so you have patchwork policy during a time where you need global policy, right? That's the reason why the World Health Organization and the G20 Summit are extremely important in this instance right now. Um, Thank God China is slowing down. And especially whenever you hear the Wuhan district, wherever this thing started, like the pandemic started in the Wuhan district. And President Xi is that he's the he's the premier of China. He's just walking around the Wuhan district and he's trying to show and he's trying to 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 signal and message everybody that the Wuhan district is okay, it's under control and they're shut and they're they're closing up all the hospitals in the Wuhan district and it's just showing that they're uh, that they're slowing down. They've shut down all the temporary hospitals. He's there, he's walking around. And um, there was a fallen hotel story uh, that I was going to talk about, but that happened like five days ago. And since then, whatever the past 45 minutes, what I've been talking about has happened. And I don't even remember what the fallen hotel story is. I think that there was like they were quarantining a lot of hotel uh, individuals, uh, people in a hotel, and then apparently that hotel fell. So now you got to deal with like this fallen fallen building and also the individuals in it have the coronavirus so the people that have to actually save them like the fire department they have to wear their fire department gear and they have to wear hazmat suits one group that i don't hear a lot about are the groups that are like under authoritarian rule like you don't see any individuals that have the you see no outbreaks or no no, not one individual that has a coronavirus in countries like north korea and russia and I'm just not sure that they don't have any. Like, I can imagine Kim Jong-un say, see, sees any individuals that are popping up positive for coronavirus. He probably just takes them to the back and shoots them. I have no evidence to support this. But how are these countries who are just totally, totally isolated, like North Korea and Russia, not have any outbreaks? Chances are they're containing it themselves, and they're taking care of it with their own precautions. And it's not great. And... That's Corona Corner. <laughs> How long was that? 
35 minutes? Holy cow. Like, that has to be our feature. That's our feature right there. And then we're going to transition into Trump talk. You know, we always got to have Trump talk. But honestly, it's just in the light blue section on my, on, my, uh, on my script here. It's just as much part of Corona Corner as Trump talk is. I've already mentioned Trump can't be tested because we don't have the testing. And he certainly needs to be. For starters, he's our leader. Second of all, show him getting tested saying, hey, look, I don't have the coronavirus. That could, that could literally ease some stress of people if he just comes out and says, hey, I don't have it. But he can't even say that. Um, on Friday during this really extremely weird press conference, he said that the reason that you should appeal to his authority is because his uncle was an MIT professor. Really? Let me let me tell you something, folks. You can't be born with your mother's eyes and your father's PhD. You've got to learn yourself. And so trust me when I say Donald Trump would not get a job at MIT. He can't spell the word sp- smoking. He misspelled the word smoking in not one, but two times in one tweet a couple months ago. And he also misspelled the word hamburgers. Yep, I said there was one day he was out golfing. Um, The testing kits are going to be... Well, I really feel like the testing kits are what is adding to this entire um, confusion. Because again, without proper testing... We just don't know like who all has it. We don't know if it's spreading or not, and it, there's just there's there's just, it's just chaos, and that's the reason why the Dow is plunging. It just it's just a number of things. You have a you have an inept president who is spouting misinformation, and you have a very very small amount of testing kits in a country of 327 million people. All right, so just don't even expect the testing kits. And if these two things tank the economy, it's going to be totally and utterly his fault. And then you're just going to usher in a Democratic president who wins 45 out of 50 states in the Electoral College in November. His speech did nothing to calm markets. As mentioned already, he gave a speech last night, and then this morning the Dow opened it like a, at a loss. Um, he's talked about tax cuts, like a payroll tax cut, and people are like, that's not how you solve the, the coronavirus. Like, he's just so worried about people getting their money and at the point where you're worried about people getting money, sorry to tell you, that's that S word you're, everybody hates. That's socialism. All right? Like he bailed out the farmers, and it looks like he's going to bail out the airline industry, and he's going to bail out the hotel industry, and he's just not doing anything for certain individuals. And, and my mother-in-law, who is an elderly woman who has retirement, that's not going to help her, right? And that's the one that needs it the most, the elderly and the, the people with disabilities and things like that who can't work, and thus they wouldn't benefit from a payroll tax cut. It only helps people who are working like me, and honestly, I don't think I need the help. I don't know what this says about the Republican Party, but there's been a lot of Republicans that have had to self-quarantine as compared to Democrats who have not had to. Um, first off, Matt Gates had to self-quarantine, and this is just, even though I don't believe in karma because it's not Buddha, because Buddha says karma doesn't exist, but Matt Gates had to self-quarantine even though he was wearing a gas mask on the House floor, um, kind of like lampooning the coronavirus as like it wasn't that bad after all. And then somebody in his district died of the coronavirus, and now he has to be self-quarantined. But he was also on a plane with Trump, and he had to self-quarantine on the plane. But, I mean, once you seal those doors, everyone's breathing each other's air. So that's the reason why Trump needs to be tested, because he was in the same room as Matt Gates. 
Um, Ted Cruz has been self-quarantined. He's been self-quarantined for about a week now. And then a Republican named Paul Gozar had to be self-quarantined. Um, the reason I think that's funny is because I think he was making fun of uh, people who were self-quarantined, and then he had to do it himself. Maybe I can find the maybe I can find the uh, the, the news story here. He called it the Wuhan virus, and it sparked criticism. Yeah, I don't really have it. Um, but what what else did Trump say? Since this is Trump talk, what else did Trump say about the? Um, about the virus last night. Well, he he kind of made it like it was a foreign invader. Like it's never America's fault, right? You know, it's Mexicans coming up from the border or it's a Muslim ban or it's the countries like China and the European Union who we have to stop flights from coming into. So basically saying that the virus is a foreign invasion like everything else. But here's the problem, Trump. It's already here. It's already spreading, and we don't have any testing. And you didn't even mention testing in your State of the Union last night. Is it even called a State of the Union? And is all this Jason Edgar deep state liberal talk? I don't know. Why don't you ask the stock market? Why, why don't you ask Italy, who's completely shut down? Like, we don't do any of these things for the flu. We don't cancel NBA games. We don't push back spring training. We don't cancel Pi Kappa Delta or Morton, <laughs> Morton College's regionals. This is a big deal. There's a potential, folks, since this is a pandemic, and you've heard stories in history about how pandemics wipe out, you know, 10% of the population. If this pandemic wipes out 2% of the population, like, let's just go to Google right now and just say, what is 2% of 7 trillion? What is 2% of 7 trillion? This is going to give us the number of people who are going to die. 2% of 7 trillion. This seems like a big number. 1, 2, 140 million? That seems like a lot. Uh, but that may happen if we don't get this under control. Our last segment is Front Runner. Like, are we even talking about the Democratic race anymore? Like, coronavirus, again, is just completely throttling the news cycle. And trust me when I say, folks, from somebody who is a big news fanatic and, you know, is, I mean, I have my own news commentary podcast. I listen to other news commentary podcasts. This is unprecedented. Like, Monday and Wednesday, those days were like 9-11 days. Like, if you were around during 9-11, you just remember a lot of hysteria and chaos. And that is what Monday and Wednesday felt like. Um, we had another Super Tuesday, and uh, Joe Biden won a number of states. Uh, he also won my home state of Missouri, which I really thought that I was going to go to Tulsi Gabbard. Um, Andrew Yang uh, uh, endorsed um, Joe Biden, even though he's more of a Bernie Sanders guy, which, which makes me wonder. We're down to Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, and it's about a 99% chance that Joe Biden is going to uh, win the nomination. So my question is, should Bernie endorse Joe Biden? Because if there's anything more than what than like what Bernie wants in order to if he if what he wants most is to be president, I think once he well I think something that he wants even more than that is just to make sure Trump isn't president. And if he endorses Biden and he says you know Bernie Bros, everybody who's supporting me, all the progressives. Now is not the time for progressive movements. We need to coalesce around the moderate Joe Biden. We need to get moderate conservatives on our side, and we need to get Trump out of the White House. I think he will do that. I think Bernie will put country before party or 
party, you know, whatever that makes sense. Like progressive, or I'm sorry, the party before the progressive agenda coming up soon. Because he does not want to blow this for the Democrats. He does not want to see another four years of Trump. And if he divides the party, that's exactly what's going to happen. Twitter has already flagged Trump for uh, posting a, uh, a doctored video about Joe Biden. And this is going to be an issue. Um, in, in 2020, you're, you're going to have deep fakes and you're going to have like these weirdly spliced videos of Joe Biden and probably Donald Trump saying certain things that aren't accurate. There's already been one video of, of circulating around that says Joe Biden is going to take your guns away and he's not going to do that. He's a moderate liberal, which means he might do something like background checks or something, which is bipartisan, uh, but that's about it. And uh, a, um, a supporter um, it looks, I think it was my real, like a Republican supporter comes up and says, hey, I saw a video that says you're going to take your gu- our guns away. And, and Biden said, oh, well, yeah, you know what? You're full of, and then, you know, whatever crap is, I guess. And so he's fed up with all this deep fake nonsense and all this, uh, all this misinformation and disinformation going around, too. And it's, it's, just, it's, our, it's just starting, man. Um, Illinois is voting uh, it next week. And it's and, and Jess was Jess already told me like with these late primaries, whenever it's pretty much decided, like our votes don't even matter. Like, what if Bernie drops out over the next week, and I have to vote for Biden? It just seems like the people of Iowa and the Super Tuesday people in New Hampshire and Nevada and South Carolina they really made their presence felt. But now with Joe Biden being ninety nine percent of the favorite, what's even my Illinois primary vote going to matter next week? If I were Joe Biden, I would limit my speaking time. You're already the candidate. You're already the, you are the front runner. You're going to be the Democratic candidate. Speak for seven minutes a night. Say Trump's bad. I'm good. I'm going to pivot to being a liberal. I'm going to I'm going to have liberal Supreme Court justices. I'm going to sign. I'm going to get back into the climate deal, climate accords, and just don't debate Bernie. And honestly, don't debate Trump either. What's even the point of debating Trump? He's just going to call you old and senile. All right. Well, that wraps up our current events. (laughs) Oh, my God. 55 minutes. It's almost time for me to play my song. We're going to have to move. We're going to have to move um, the large. Did I say something about? I didn't even say anything about Brazilian COVID. What was I even saying about Brazil? Oh, I was going to say that there was an individual, uh, a Brazil representative that was in close contact with them. with with Donald Trump, and now he has the coronavirus. Let's see here. As far as weird science goes, maybe I'll just, I'll cut out my song, because I I really got to get through all this stuff. And I don't even know if we're going to be here next week. Uh, But let's see here. So my weird science was, there's going to be like an large asteroid that's going to be flying through uh, our atmosphere in April. So if we survive the, um, if we survive the Wuhan virus, as uh, Gozar calls it, we may have to deal with a large asteroid zipping by Earth in April at about 20,000 miles an hour. Uh, while experts say there is no cause for alarm, the asteroid was classified as a potentially hazardous object because it passes near Earth's orbit. However, it's not currently on NASA's list of potential future Earth impact events, but its size has inspired plenty of what-if scenarios. So basically, it's big, and it's moving fast, and it would be an Earth killer if it hit. Well, just the news you need for a pandemic. So that was our first weird science. Well, let's move on to my second weird science, and I talked about this... Um, to my kids this weekend whenever we went to Novice Nationals in Georgia because you know where we ate for breakfast one day? Waffle House! 
I love Waffle House. And I told them, did you know that Waffle House has become an unofficial authority for disaster-affected areas? And they said, what, Jason? Tell me more. And I said, okay, I will. I'm a southern... Oh, stop, CNN article. All right. Where there's a will, there's a Waffle House. Ask anyone who lives in one of the 25 states in the U.S. home to the roadside breakfast mecca, and it's likely they've heard of the Waffle House Index. It's the unofficial measure thought up by a former FEMA official to evaluate how severely a storm hit, how storm hit an area. The all-day chain has grown into a trusted source for hurricane guidance by government officials and waffle lovers alike, so much so that concerned residents in Hurricane Dorian's path have consulted with their local restaurants to see how they're planning for the storm. So basically what happens here, I'm not going to be able to talk about it much more, but um, if if there is like a hurricane that hits an area, FEMA will decide how terrible that hurricane hit was if the Waffle House is still open. If the Waffle House is still open, it's okay. If the Waffle House isn't open, it's a terrible disaster area. And like I said, I, I wanted to talk about that because I was talk- we went to Novice Nationals this weekend, a little bit of social utility here. Uh, we ate at one of my, some of my favorite just like greasy spoons, like Waffle House and Steak and Shake. Oh, is there anything better than a Steak and Shake hamburger? Mmm, wash it down with a chocolate shake. Yum, 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 yum. Um, some just some thoughts. Um, really frustrating with the debaters. Uh, one of my students went 3-1 and didn't advance. And I mean, I'm just telling you, that's like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's it really, really sucks. Because 3-1 records in debate, they should be able to advance. Two things my students weren't expecting: uh, cows. Somebody said, "Oh my God!" They wanted to take pictures with the cows because they had never seen cows before. And also, you know, Rome, Georgia, really uh, catered on the uh, southern hospitality. Everyone was extremely nice. Uh, since I did have some Mexican students, some Hispanic students, um, they did get a little couple of looks. You know, this is kind of like something you don't see in rural Georgia. It is frustrating for my students to kind of kind of see this like a subtle racism. But for the most part, everyone's like super nice, super like hospitality, and every single one of my students mentioned it. So, congrats, Rome, Georgia. As far as the town is concerned, not a not a big town at all. Like, I'm not sure there's a sushi restaurant, nor there should be. But I'm just saying that's kind of the, some of the stuff that I'm used to. But Barry College, super, super, super nice campus. It's got it's like over a hundred acres, and most of it is like this, this kind of like grassy area where cows can go and stuff. It's not like a farmer uh, college. It just has a lot of beautiful green, green grass. Uh, we did have to cancel regionals. I don't really even want to can't talk about next year's schedule, but had a pretty decent time. Like I said, we didn't have any national recognition. Uh, I would say that Monica took ninth out of, uh, out of uh, 28 individuals that competed in debate. And with my last few seconds here, let's see how much time I have left. I have about 25 seconds. Uh, I just wanted to tell you that Oops, Oops All Topics is broadcast live every Thursday on 99.1 FM, WZQC, The Hue. Follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at the Jedger. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to lose your fear and find your voice. This is E-R-X-R-E-X.